Welcome to a Prevent Connect podcast, where we explore the prevention of violence against women. This is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Hello, this is Ashley Meyer with Prevent Connect, and today I'm thrilled to have Rosemary Ochoa with us. Hi, Rose. Hi, how's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about sexual health promotion and communications. Rosemary, who I will also call Rose, is a communications and outreach digital strategy professional. She's done work in all of those different realms at places like Planned Parenthood, California Department of Public Health, and AIDS.gov, and is currently a social media manager based in Washington, D.C., So, Rose, you also have your master's in public communications with a focus on social justice, which just sounds amazing, from American University. So, can we start by talking about what we really mean when we say communications? Sure. A little bit about my background is that after undergrad was doing a lot of health work, including working in a Planned Parenthood clinic in San Diego, California, which is my home stomping ground, and I felt like I was continually coming in sort of behind the problem and I really wanted to get in front of it. And that, I think, for me was the turning point from where I was actually providing sort of programmatic and medical service to launching myself into this field of communications and outreach Mm -hmm. where I was able to use all different kinds of tools and strategies to communicate and engage with our audience and our different audiences about what we were trying to do and how it was going to make their life better. And so I think that any time as an organization or as a movement, we're thinking strategically and communicating strategically about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how it's going to make the world a better place, that to me is communication. And there are a number of tools that sometimes we think of as public relations or as community engagement or as marketing that all fit under that umbrella, at least for me. So communications to me is about customer service, internal and external customer service that every single one of your employees should be already participating in. It's also about engaging with audiences online, which is where I find an an extra sort of passion for, whether it's social media or other places where we're really seeing a heightened level of engagement that we haven't before, or using more traditional media like working to get stories placed in local or national publications or working with, for example, Hollywood to get plot lines incorporated to communicate effectively about what you're trying to do at the end of the day with your audience. Well, great. And as you know, the Prevent Connect audience is really focused on sexual and domestic violence prevention, which we really say things like sexual violence prevention are sexual health promotion, especially when you look at April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Everything that you just mentioned with messaging and communications and being online and all of that is really relevant because we're really looking at how are we going to spread awareness and create behavior change through communication. So, to you, what are some of the keys to doing that? That's a really good question, and I think that you really, really have to take the time to break that down. I think when we look at sort of our our end goal, I had a huge aha moment at a conference that I was actually at last year on campus at American University where I was listening to one of the community managers for Uber Car, which is a 
car service that basically you have an app and you ask for a car and then they have cars driving around the city and they come and pick you up and it's all completely mobile or online. And the Uber car community manager gave me one of the best lessons about social justice that I really have ever received. And he said, I love it when people like me on Facebook. I love it when people talk about Uber on Twitter. I love it when people write great articles about us. But if people are not driving in our cars, I'm out of a job. And so it doesn't matter how many retweets I get. It doesn't matter how many people think we're great. You have to be using our service in order for me to be accomplishing my goal and, you know, having that job security. And I think that that is something when I think about what we're trying to do is such a fantastic analogy. So, you know, you have to figure out what you want to do, right? You, you want to get people in that car from point A to point B. And you have to also make sure that you're able to figure out all of the turns and twists and directional sort of trajectory that you're going to need to get there. So one thing that I know you've talked about, which I love, is when you're asked the question, what do you want to do? I pulled the quote from you. You want to seek to categorically have enthusiastic consent in sexual behaviors. And I was like, ah, I love that, right? So you figured out what you want to do. You need to be able to know when you arrive. I think you also talk extensively about logic models, and that is a fantastic process and often a very painful process to get there. And so logic models, in my opinion, should always have a very, very strong communications strategy built into them. So communications is not necessarily an effort in itself if there's nothing behind it, right? You have to have something that you're communicating about. You have to have a target audience. And when we're looking to do something as large as, you know, categorically have enthusiastic consent in sexual behaviors, like what does that mean? It means people need information, access to information that's accurate, that's scientifically based. It means that people need to have access to services so they can go and actually make sure that they're responsible for sexual behaviors. It means they need resources. It means they need a community. It means they need to have self-efficacy in themselves and understand, you know, what their role is in, in the risks that they decide to take regarding their sexuality. And so once you break that down and once you, like, figure out your path from point A to point B and what those stop signs are along the way, you're going to be able to really make sure that you are on the right track. So Vanguard Communications, which is a fantastic social justice-based communications firm out of Washington, D.C., published a white paper called Evaluating Social Change. And that is going to be a fantastic resource for people who are interested in communications and who are interested in evaluation. So you can not only read it and reflect upon sort of what the best practices and standards are, but you're also going to be able to workshop it to make sure that you can tailor your evaluation strategies specifically to you. I also think that when you look at making sure you have the tools to get from point H to point B. One thing that I have often seen happen is that people don't include capacity as a metric. So this means mm, that yes. if you're looking to change the entire world and you have two staff members, you really need to think about where your priorities are. And so if that means scaling back, that means scaling back because what you do, and this is for communications but also programmatically, needs to be done well and thoughtfully. And if you don't take the time to strategize in the beginning, the level of risk that you're facing, particularly in a day of Facebook and Twitter and citizen journalism, which is obviously one of our strongest tools in terms of community activists, but also 
something, you know, that can definitely be the other side of the coin for us. If we do find ourselves in a compromising position, it's just going to be that much harder down the road. So capacity is a metric when you're looking at this evaluation. And I always also like to share some great organizations that are doing great work. So AIDS.gov, which is part of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, has a fantastic communications plan that is available online. I've tweeted about it a bit from my handle. And you can also Google AIDS.gov communications plan and and use that as an example for really where you are and, and where you want to be in terms of best practice. That's really great. And, Rose, we will post a link to those documents that you've just mentioned in the blog post for this podcast. And I just wanted to say it's it's so great to hear you talk about capacity. You know, just yesterday I was talking with someone who was asking a lot of questions about social media in particular. And, you know, that's something that I think that we don't often pay attention to. We we talk about having program logic models. We don't really think about incorporating communications into them. And then really, first and foremost, being just really honest about our internal organizational capacity. Because, like you said, if we don't have that capacity, it's probably not going to end up being a good strategy or we're not going to get the outcomes we're looking for. Yeah, and I think, you know, everyone who works in this type of work is so incredibly passionate about it, at least from my experience, that if something isn't working, if something's not getting you from point A to point B, stop doing it, right? Like, stop it. Right. I don't have the time to do that. The world doesn't have the time for you to do that. And I'm sure, you know, all of our organizational bank accounts don't have the time for you to do that. And even if everyone is on Facebook and you really, really don't have capacity to be on Facebook, don't be on Facebook if you're not going to do it well. We definitely breed a culture of burnout, and taking that seriously is something that we all need to do a better job of. Absolutely. I think that's hard for us to hear because we want to do so much, right? We're out to change the world. But if we really want to be efficient and effective in what we're doing, sometimes it takes just a really honest look at what we're able to do. And then, you know, if we don't have the capacity, it's not the end of the world. We can build that capacity. So that can be our plan is how to build that capacity so that we can then do the things that we want to do. Thank you for listening to this Prevent Connect podcast. Prevent Connect is a project of the California Coalition Against Sexual Assault, with funding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The views presented on Prevent Connect are not necessarily the views of the United States government, the CDC, or CalCASA. To learn more about Prevent Connect, visit www.preventconnect.org. For more information about CalCASA's mission or to show your support, visit calcasa.org. That's C-A-L-C-A-S-A dot O-R-G.